Hi, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we will cover emergency contraception. Emergency contraception, also known as postcoital contraception, is therapy used to prevent pregnancy after an unprotected or inadequately protected act of intercourse. Common indications for emergency contraception include contraceptive failure, like a condom breakage, or missed dosage of oral contraceptives, as well as failure to use any form of contraception at all. Although oral emergency contraception was first described in the medical literature in the 1960s, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first dedicated product for emergency contraception in 1998. Since then, several new products have been introduced. Methods of emergency contraception include oral administration of combined estrogen-progestin, progestin-only, or selective progesterone receptor modulators, as well as insertion of a copper intrauterine device. We will cover these methods in this session. The most commonly used oral emergency contraceptive regimen is the progestin-only pill, which consists of 1.5 milligrams of levonorgestrel. This product can be purchased over the counter and is available without age restriction. As of 2013, this product uses two levonorgestrel doses of 0.75, taken one pill 12 hours apart. But that regimen really has fallen out of favor in use of the simpler one-dose regimen that takes 1.5 milligrams PO times 1. This levonorgestrel regimen is labeled for use up to 72 hours after unprotected sex, but is best used as soon as possible after the act of unprotected intercourse. A second dedicated emergency contraceptive, a pill containing 30 milligrams of Uli-Pristol, was approved by the FDA in 2010, and that one does require a prescription. This selective progesterone receptor modulator, or an antiprogestin, has demonstrated effectiveness up to 120 hours after unprotected sex. Combined estrogen-progestin emergency contraceptives are no longer sold as a dedicated product. However, they can be formulated from a variety of standard oral contraceptives. The combined use of estrogen and progestin for emergency contraception has fallen out of favor since the higher dose of estrogen may trigger some reflex nausea. Lastly, the copper IUD can also be used for emergency contraception, although the FDA has not labeled it for this indication. The IUD is highly effective if placed within five days of sexual intercourse and in some studies was used in as many as 10 days, but five days is the accepted norm. The levonorgestrel-containing IUDs are currently being investigated for use as emergency contraception, but as of now are not yet approved. Now, regarding the mechanism of action, there's actually no single mechanism of action that's been established for emergency contraception. Rather, the mode of action varies according to the day of the menstrual cycle on which the intercourse occurred, the time in the menstrual cycle in which the pill or the medication is administered, and the type of emergency contraceptive. Uliprystal acetate and the levonorgestrel-only regimens have been shown to inhibit or delay ovulation. Levonorgestrel delays follicular development when administered before the level of luteinizing hormone increases. Uliprystal inhibits follicular rupture even after the level of luteinizing hormone has started to increase. So review the evidence suggests that emergency contraception is unlikely to prevent implantation of a fertilized egg. 
The copper IUD prevents fertilization by affecting sperm viability and function. It also may affect oocyte and endometrial receptivity. All right, so let's clarify a few things here. Emergency contraception sometimes is confused with medical abortion, but medical abortion is used to terminate an existing pregnancy, whereas emergency contraception is effective only before a pregnancy is established. Emergency contraception can prevent pregnancy after sexual intercourse and is ineffective after implantation. Studies of high-dose oral contraceptives indicate that hormonal emergency contraception confers no risk to an established pregnancy or harm to a developing embryo. Now, regarding the candidates for use, ACOG states that emergency contraception should be made available to any woman who is at risk for unintended pregnancy and states that there's no medical conditions in which the risk of emergency contraception outweighs the benefits. These criteria specifically note that women with previous ectopic pregnancy, cardiovascular disease, migraines, or liver disease, and women who are breastfeeding may still use emergency contraception. Therefore, any emergency contraceptive regimen may be made available to women with established traditional contraindications to the use of conventional oral contraceptives. Reproductive age women who are victims of sexual assault should always be offered emergency contraception. All right, let's take a quick break here and then let's come back and talk about the efficacy of emergency contraception as well as weight considerations. Studies have shown that the copper IUD has actually been proven to be the most effective type of emergency contraception, and the fact that it can be used up to five days after unprotected sex makes it very attractive as an option. Now, body weight influences the effectiveness of oral emergency contraception. Levonorgestrel emergency contraception may be less effective in women who are overweight, defined as a BMI greater than 25, or obese, of course, as a BMI of 30 or more. Additionally, some research suggests that ulipristal has lower effectiveness among obese women, but this is controversial, with some studies showing that ulipristal maintains its effectiveness even in obesity. The effect of the copper IUD, however, is not affected by body weight. Therefore, according to the college, consideration should be given to the use of the copper IUD as an alternative to oral emergency contraception in obese women who are good candidates for an IUD. However, according to the college, oral emergency contraception should not be withheld from women who are overweight or obese because no research to date has been powered enough adequately to evaluate a threshold weight at which it would be ineffective. Okay, so let's add more information about this issue on weight. There are some publications that show that emergency contraception, of course, appears to decrease in efficacy as BMI increases. One study showed that in women with a BMI of 26 or more who used progestin-only emergency contraception, pregnancy rates were actually no different than would be expected if they hadn't used emergency contraception at all. And Ulipristol or Ella appeared to lose effect at a higher BMI threshold of 35. Now, for right now, remember, there's not a lot of data that can verify this, so the college makes it quite clear that weight alone should not be a discriminating factor on which emergency birth control to use, but once again, there is some evidence 
coining, favoring the use of Ella over progestin-only emergency contraception with a BMI greater than 26. Additionally, there is new, early, evolving evidence that may support the use of doubling the dose of progestin-only emergency contraception for obese women, but as of right now, that data is still controversial and not firmly established. All right, as we wrap up this section on effectiveness, remember that both of these oral medications should be taken as soon as possible after the act of intercourse because efficacy is also tied to the time of administration, with most studies showing the highest efficacy if taken within 24 hours after the act of unprotected intercourse. After use of these emergency contraceptive options, no scheduled follow-up is required after use of these regimens. However, clinical evaluation is indicated for women who have used emergency contraception if menses are delayed by a week or more after the expected time or if lower abdominal pain or persistent irregular bleeding persists. The women should also be advised that if her menstrual period is delayed by a week or more, she should have a pregnancy test and seek medical or clinical evaluation. Clinical evaluation also is indicated for women who have used emergency birth control if lower abdominal pain, again, or irregular bleeding persists as these symptoms could indicate either a spontaneous pregnancy loss or an ectopic pregnancy. Okay, lastly, let's cover when to start regular contraception after the use of emergency birth control. Well, treatment with emergency birth control may not protect, of course, against pregnancy in subsequent coital acts, unless the copper IUD is the method chosen. In fact, because emergency contraception may work by delaying ovulation, women who have taken emergency contraceptive pills actually may be at risk of becoming pregnant later in the same menstrual cycle. So women should begin using barrier contraception to prevent pregnancy immediately after using emergency contraception. All right, now the FDA in 2013 actually changed the label of Ulipristol to include a new warning about its use with hormonal contraception and a recommendation to delay initiating hormonal birth control until no sooner than five days after intake of Ulipristol. So this labeling change was based on data from two pharmacokinetic studies. Although these studies suggested that co-administration of Ulipristol and progestins may reduce the contraceptive effect of either product there actually had been no clinical studies demonstrating an actual increased risk of pregnancy. So remember, for Ulipristol, avoid initiating regular birth control until five days, and that's the FDA recommendation. Now, any regular contraception can be started after the use of levonorgestrel or combined estrogen-progestin emergency birth control, but the woman should abstain from sexual intercourse or use barrier contraception for the next seven days. All right, that wraps up our quick podcast covering emergency contraception. Data for this podcast came from the ACOG Practice Bulletin, number 152. We'll see you next time.